Welcome to Advantage Over, the only global rugby podcast to help you become a better referee. Your host today is Keith Lewis. Are you ready? Time on. Hello and welcome to the Advantage Over podcast. It's episode 30 and I am Keith Lewis, your host of this podcast, which I think is still the only rugby refereeing podcast around the world. Um, it's great that we made it to, to number 30 and I'm really pleased that we are still getting numbers despite the, the, the lack of episodes so far, for which I apologise. We are um, having to battle through the odd times that we live and, and all the balances and all the things that we have to do to, to get through all this. So yes, um, I'm aware we haven't had an episode for a while. I wanted to try and get this chat in today because it's really important for us all. Um, despite the lack of rugby that we think about our physical capabilities of being able to referee. So um, we back in episode three, I think it was, um, I spoke to Ross Hambury, who's a, um, a personal trainer here in the UK, does lots of training and exercise and nutrition things with various clients around the world, but he specialises in refereeing. Um, he tells his story to us um, in the episode. So do take a listen because it's important that we keep ourselves physically fit um, so that when rugby restarts, in whatever format that starts, um, again, around the world that we're in good position to just get back on the field, um, pick up that whistle and get out there and blowing it. Um, it's certainly something I'm looking forward to doing. Um, it's great that I'm still able to, to be involved in some form of rugby and many of you out there listening will be involved in some way, shape or form um, as well. Probably not the rugby that we know and love, but it's still something. So yeah, I do want to do more of these episodes. So if there are particular topics that you want to listen to to help your refereeing that you've perhaps been thinking about during the downtime, uh, please do let us know. Send me a, an email, ref at rugbyreferee.net will find me. Um, I'm on all the channels, so come, come and find Rugby Referee Net on various social media channels. We're not hard to find. Please do get the feedback in. Um, give me some tips, some 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 areas that you want to talk about and we'll do my, I'll do my very best to to get some interviews done to get some some guidance some help some some advice for you to help you be the best referee that you can possibly be I hope you are all keeping safe and well following whatever guidelines you um, have in your respective country so with that let's transition over and hear the chat I had with Ross Hambry So it's fantastic to have uh, Ross Hambry back on the podcast um, today. I mean, I think Ross is our first second guester, um, having first appeared on the Advantage Over podcast back in episode three, um, which, looking back at the file, was in 2017. Now, an awful lot has happened for for, for us and him and you all as well since then. Um, and given what we've all been through so far in 2020 and looking forward uh, into 2021 it doesn't look like it's going to get a whole lot better and um, it seemed a really good time to get back and talk about fitness stuff um, and I asked many of you out there what sorts of questions you want to cover off so we're going to um, over the next half an hour or so have a, a chat through lots of the different things about how we keep going how we get going again nutrition anything else that springs to mind as we go so Ross welcome back Thank you very much. Thanks for having me again. Cool. So, so for those people who haven't binge watched the podcast, binge listened to the podcast over the last um, three years, just uh, remind listeners to who you are and why you are the, the right person to speak to. Yeah, well, well, I guess in terms of just to quickly sort of fill your listeners in, my sort of journey to present day. So I played a little bit of rugby back in the day. So like most failed sports people, you then look to get back into the sport in some shape or form so that really for me came in the form of fitness so went to university Roehampton University did my sports science degree and then followed on the masters there subsequently after that I did some work in non-league football and then also worked in a few premiership clubs as well in the women's and the men's game and then after that as I was doing lots of work as a personal trainer at the same time as well a gentleman called mark jackson came into the gym and said that he wanted to get fit for refereeing and that's a sort of a group of people that i'd never really worked with before and so yeah we started our training and then he was like oh do you reckon you could help some of my other colleagues get as fit as maybe he'd like to think he was at the time and he said, we want to put some fitness testing on. So off I went, you know, to do the yo-yo test, which is something we're going to talk about during this uh, podcast. 
and did the test there and everyone did really badly. And I was like, right, okay. Um, so this is an interesting group. And then really sort of 10 years later, um, the same group and that group's got bigger and bigger and bigger that I've worked with. And yeah, I'd like to say after working with some people for nigh on sort of 10 years within the London society and a few other societies around the world, there's a few refs that are a little bit fitter. So that that's really where I am coming from today. I've worked with many societies, like I said, for about 10 years. Uh, and yeah, really enjoyed work, working with the group and the challenges that amateur and also professional refereeing and the game of rugby brings. Fantastic stuff. So I've, I've got a sneaky suspicion that uh, Mark Jackson is actually a listener to the podcast. I know, I know Mark <laughs> from year, years ago and moved out to um, the, the Middle East and is now out in the Far East running running rings around uh, Hong Kong, I, I believe. So um, good, good that we can we can all blame Jacko for, for bringing you to, to our earbuds. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. So it's really great that you obviously you know and understand refereeing, so you know the sorts of questions that people might be thinking about or, or what we've all been through. Um, and clearly, from a, a rugby perspective, we're recording this um, just heading towards Christmas in 2020. It's been a hell of a year. Um, we've had all, very few of us have seen much rugby for the best part of six months. Um, for those listening in uh, the Far East or Australasia, you may just have had come coming to the end of a, a lighter season. For those of you as, as up north in, in, in England, Wales, Scotland, France... Uh, the, the Northern Hemisphere, we've clearly had a break from rugby since March. Most of us haven't seen a rugby pitch uh, and proper rugby since then. So clearly we're in we're, we're in some interesting times. So given all that, I guess we've got to think about, how, oh, I want to ask you about how, what's the best thing for us to be doing now? Because most of us haven't run around in anger for a while. What should we be doing to keep ourselves going? Yeah, I'll give you a, a sort of general answer to begin with and then I get a little bit more specific. But, you know, give, given that we find that majority of people now are working from home mm-hmm. and are spending much more time at desks and the like than they ever have done before, the, the first sort of area of concern for me is to make sure people are staying flexible enough and work on the mobility. So in particular around ankles, hips and shoulders, because these get pretty tight. And the reason why it's important to keep these areas of the body nice and flexible and mobile is because when you're running, these particular joint sites take on a lot of work. So, and the common injury sites as well within referees also tend to be around ankles, hips, which relate to lower back, and then upper back as well, which can feed into all the sort of other stuff in the shoulder as well. So that that's the first thing I've been working on with a lot of referees is making sure that they're taking a good sort of 20 minutes out of their day every day where possible uh, just to work on some simple mobility drills, whether it's following some of the stuff that I prescribe or just doing a good yoga or mobility flow session that can be found on any, most of the YouTube channels that are out there. So w- once we made sure that mobility and flexibility is taken care of, and then we're making sure that the aerobic systems also taken care of. So that's basically working on your endurance, working on long distance runs to keep to keep the weight off, because we also find that no one's doing the long commutes to work anymore. So your things like simple things like your general step count is down. So y- your calorie intake versus calorie outtake started to fluctuate a little bit and again we'll come on to nutrition later on in this podcast but really making sure that you're getting at least 60 minutes worth of aerobic exercise a week as a minimum as a sort of lowest sort of effective dose is is so so important because again to to use a cliche if if you don't use it then you're certainly going to lose it and if those two things aren't in place, then that's my first port of call. So that's flexibility and aerobic or endurance work. And then for those that managing to keep that going, we take it up to sort of a level two, next level of conditioning. And that's where you work on a bit more sort of speed and strength. So for me, when I'm having conversations with referees, it's really sort of working out, have they got the, the sort of the right things in place in order to do the more sort of the funky or sort of sexier stuff that they might see some of the the top referees doing at the moment so that's really sort of speed and strength because 
typically those take a bit more sort of more detailed coaching approach as you can imagine if you're messing around with barbells and kettlebells and running techniques it, it needs it needs coaching can i bring you back to actually the first thing we talked about there i'm given i'm sitting in my, in my home office now and i've been sitting here for most of the day um yeah is there, are there some simple things that we could do about either chair setup um i've noticed um, whether this is a good idea or not, it just by coincidence, I've got a little step under my desk. And my feet are up off there, so it's helping my lower back. Um, because I know I've always had an issue with that. Are there some things that we can do in the setup that will help in the longer term from a performance perspective? It might, might be seem a, a silly question, but I guess it all, all helps. Yeah, as, as I'm sat down being six foot eight, sort of slumped in my chair because no chair in the world actually fits me. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, the, the, the body tends to like, especially when it's sat down, is... 90 degree angles so making sure that your knees are at 90 degrees or thereabouts i'm generalizing a little bit here uh and then your hips at 90 degrees so, you, so your back's nice and straight making sure that the screen is at the appropriate height so you're not looking particularly down or particularly up at the screen and just looking straight forward those sort of simple things because again if you're going to be at your desk for i don't know eight to twelve hours a day you, your body will undergo something called adaptive shortening. So your body will get or sort of make changes in terms of the the length and the tension of the different muscles within each and every joint in your body, depending on the most common position that it finds itself in during the day. So if you're slumped over your desk and you're sort of high, your neck's being pushed forward and your shoulders are pushed forward from your chest and you're leaning off your lower back then those muscles are going to adapt to that position. And unfortunately, as human beings, we're not really designed to do that. So that tends to be where some people, and we're just sort of generalizing about general population now, will come a little bit unstuck quite a lot. And that's where the lower back issues come in and the tightness of hips and the ankles, which again, if you're a referee and you want to run, you know, you want to run a game and you're looking at anywhere between sort of five and 10K distance covered in the game with tight muscles around those particular joints, that's, yeah, it's only really a matter of time till you come a cropper. I'm guessing the old adage of move at least once an hour is always a good one. I've got my little device on my on my wrist that nudges me if I haven't done 250 steps at least in an hour. I guess all things like that are good. Yeah, but I mean that's the thing. The, the wearable tech now is is just is just brilliant in in terms of changing habits. And again, like you say, if, if you haven't moved for an hour or so, then your Apple Watch, other watches are available, of obviously, um, will just give you a little sort of heads up. And I, I think if, if 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 you can look at that data and it can change some habits, and even if you're making the attempt to move more and stretch more and you know run more and and so forth, then you know you're moving in the right direction. And I, I think that's the main thing is to make sure during this crazy period that you know we find ourselves in at the moment that you don't regress worst case scenario you just keep the same fitness level that you had and then hopefully when things sort themselves out goodness knows when that will be um you can then just go get strapped straight back into your training so so let's just have a look at that however optimistic we're gonna be i guess i mean (laughs) many many listeners um to the 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 pod will will recognize the fact that they probably use rugby as their way of keeping fit rather than getting fit to yeah. referee. There was definitely different mm-hmm. levels of refereeing. Um, given that we haven't had much activity of late, um, we're not looking really at restarting probably this side of Christmas yeah. and we've got Christmas to get through. What you, you talked a minute or two ago about having 60 minutes a week. Mm-hmm. What do you think that 60 minutes could look like for, for, for your average referee who's wanting just a regular become a regular community referee yeah um it it can it can look it can come across in in many different forms so because the first sort of port of call is really health so in order to get that 60 minutes of aerobic fitness in place it can come in the form of cycling it can come in the form of cross trainer if you're lucky enough to have you know a cross trainer at home or you are actually in this period going to a gym then working up a cross trainer or on a treadmill, walking up a hill. 
Um, anything really that gets that heart rate above 65% of heart rate max. Now, when I'm talking about heart rate max, the, the sort of the quick calculation to do on that is, and I'll put you in a ballpark figure, it's not the perfect, but in terms of for podcasts and for your listeners to understand it better, it, it puts them in the right area. So all you're looking to do, quick bit of maths, is 220 minus your age. That number then is your 100% of your heart rate max. And then you're working out 65% of that. And if you, as long as you're doing anything, any activity, like I said, for cycling or cross-training, but really for those 20 minutes that brings your heart rate above that 65% threshold, then you will be making or certainly keeping aerobic and endurance benefits to that session. Great. So, that was, uh, so that's 220 minus yeah. your age. So for me, so it's 220 minus 25 <clears throat> <laughs> um, yeah, go go for it. I, 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 I follow your maths. Yeah, so, so two twenty minus your age, and that gives you your hundred percent, and then you're looking Correct. at sixty five percent of that of, of that number. Yeah, Great. yeah. So, so. Don't, don't don't call me up on my maths. I'm away from Excel spreadsheet. Yeah, yeah. Outside of Excel, I'm a bit of a maths <laughs> nightmare. So, yeah. I guess I should have said this at the start, and I, I I make no apology for doing it now. I guess if you're listening to this, um, and you need to take a medical advice about what which of those options that we just talk about do, mm. bear in mind your either injuries or capabilities or conditions you may have had if you've um, contracted any of the diseases that are going around at the moment you obviously need to bear that in mind as well so do get um, appropriate advice from your medical practitioners before you do any of that um, I should have said that at the start but obviously good advice to do that absolutely yeah couldn't agree more could not agree more so one of the things that often crops up people might um, jump into doing some form of fitness test if they're, they're looking to start now they're looking ahead to to January or February or, or next season whenever that date looks like um, over the years I've done Cooper tests I've done mm-hmm. a bleep test I've done a yo-yo yeah. test I've done I haven't done a Bronco but I've hear a lot about it <laughs> what, yeah. which of all the things should we be looking at what's what's good for us to be using as a benchmark from a refereeing perspective yeah um f- fitness testing is really important and the, the selection of the right exercise is so of the selection of the right test is 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 obviously really important as well because you really want to make sure that that test is valid for the sport you're doing and obviously we're talking about refereeing we're called we're called refereeing a sport so to speak in this instance so it's, it's really making sure first and foremost that the test you're doing in order to assess your refereeing fitness is a running based test because in referee you have to run refereeing you have to run so the, the two tests that are really popular and really common at the moment are the bronco yeah. and the yo-yo test now let's talk about the bronco first because i think that's the one where Certainly with this current situation and the lockdown, it, we tend to see a lot of, certainly advising a lot of societies now and governing bodies to move towards that simply due to its simple setup, simple testing procedure, and the fact that people can do it by themselves or in isolation. So it's, it's certainly not perfect or optimal in terms of being a valid test, for, in my opinion, for refereeing. However, given the situation we're in, it puts us there or thereabouts. And I, and I think, you know, that's probably more important than sort of really drilling down into that sort of a hardcore science of it. So to explain to listeners what the Bronco test is, it's a test that was designed uh, in New Zealand. And effectively, you've got four cones. So we we'll say you've got a home cone. And then from the home cone, we've got another cone out at a 20 meter mark. And then... 20 meters further on from that at a 40 meter mark we got another cone and then a further 20 meters on from that at the 60 meter mark we've got the fourth and final cone so we've got four cones so all you simply do is start off on your home cone press start on your stopwatch because it's a timed effort you're going to run from the home cone to the 20 meter mark and back you're then going to go from the home cone to the 40 and back home cone and 60 and back and that creates one rep okay and then we just do that five times five times so 20 40 60 times yeah. five do you yeah. have to do it in that order does it have to be 20 40 60 20 40 60 can you do five 20s five 40s some societies 
not too much. I mean, I'd be splitting hairs here and going a bit too much deep down into physiology, but some, some societies will, will start the highest and then work backwards to so go 60, 40, 20. In the grand scheme of things, in my opinion, it, it doesn't matter that much in terms of you know the, the scoring that your listeners or rather the 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 score that your listeners want to get from this particular test i wouldn't worry about it too much if you want to go 20 40 60 with returns or 60 40 20 it in my opinion it doesn't matter that much that 20 40 60 times five um and yeah. what sort of time should we be aiming at and i, and I know this is really depend on your level your age or fitness or yeah I, I mean it, it, it's yeah there's lots of variables and lots of factors to go into it so i've tried to sort of come up and again i'll get you to translate for the southern hemisphere referees if you can help me out just keep that'd be amazing in terms of because i'm sure you speak their language better than i do in terms of the levels and the like but if we start off if we start off at like level 10 then in terms of to cover that 1200 meters we'll be looking at something in and around that six minutes and 23 seconds for level 10. of course it's a level 10 would be i mean that that's the fairly lowest i guess levels yeah. of the community game so perhaps yeah. your, your vet your your school the lower school your average school game is probably something about a level 10 something like that yeah and then your level nine be looking about six minutes and nine seconds there thereabouts cool so, so if we jump up a couple of levels so we get to sort of na- level four if that's if that's on your list that becomes the sort of national game for england so the national panel from an england perspective um the sort of premier leagues are around the, the other northern hemisphere countries and southern as well yeah so as we're going sort of sort of top of that sort of performance triangle so to speak and we're really looking at something sort of sub five minutes and five seconds there thereabouts that would be a, a good place to go cool uh, and do you know what the just we've all got something to aim at do we know what the world rugby elite band are looking at, at the moment time wise do, do you know what i i, I have to be honest and say i don't because because at the moment um they I know the, the RFU are using the Bronco at the moment with their elite group, but it, it's very early days. So a lot of that data isn't available. There's much more data available when it comes to the yo-yo. But as it currently stands, there is a bit of a shift towards, obviously, like I said, in terms of the current situation for fitness testing and getting groups together, the Bronco's sort of pushed itself up to the top of the the fitness test tree at the moment just for the the, the safety reasons and the ease at which you get there. So, in answer to your question, no, no I don't currently. What, what we'll do is I'll, I'll I'll get that information, find out, and I'll stick it in the show notes so that people have, know what we're talking about. Our our elites, our Paul Williams, our yeah, Nick yeah, Piper, yeah. I can probably dig it out. To, we'll get to be that honest, level for you, yeah, so it'll be in the yeah, show notes. Exactly. But yeah. I guess it's, it's important to say most people will be doing this to set themselves a, a barrier, a bar, um, so that they can compete with themselves, not necessarily competing with anybody else. So we've got some good timelines there. So it's tw- so it's twelve hundred meters all in, um, at somewhere somewhere less than six twenty three is is our lowest yeah. lowest type level. But as I say, depending on age, performance, how long you've been out the game for, and all that kind of stuff, just just get one done, yeah. and see where you end up. Exactly, and then just work from there, and and then you know it it really just let you know because it really is just it's a consistent pace test. Um, which people can do very, very safely. And it gives you an idea of what sort of aerobic sort of engine or capacity you have, which is fundamental to getting through sort of 18 minutes of refereeing. Good stuff. I mean, and that's reflective of you. If you remember what, when I said, I've done various tests, the original Cooper test that I think was a, yeah. a former, I think they used to use it for the national panel, certainly assistant referee panel back in the day was, I think it was 1200 meters around a track. So, so many times that's a similar sort of thing but in a different way now yeah uh, yeah exactly the cooper test was typically a, well is a, is a 12 minute test sort of timed effort and then yeah uh, again sort of i could dig those numbers out but yeah you're looking to cover x amount of distance in 12 minutes so it, it's a lot further so if you're only doing six minutes on the bronco or whatever then then kind of count yourself lucky can we just touch on the yo-yo because that will be mm. um in i guess in people's minds if people have seen it over over time i know we've um, the the bleep test as was which is just a continual continual series of beeps getting faster and faster as you go through is one that's that's kind of moved away slightly what is the yo-yo test and, and why why might we use that instead 
Yeah, so to describe the setup for the yo-yo test, so again, you've got you've got three cones. So you've got two cones sort of five meters apart, and then cone two and three are 20 meters apart. So you're going to start off on the second cone. And then, again, if your listeners understand the bleep test, effectively, all you're going to do is you're going to start on a beep. So you're going from the second cone to the next cone 20 meters away. And then on the next subsequent beep, you're going to make the next cone turn around and then come back to where you started from. So it's a beep to start, a beep to turn on the cone, which is 20 meters away, and then a beep to come back. And the, and the, the five the, meter bit? The five meter bit, again, is just there because our sports scientists like to have a bit of structure and just like to see lots of cones sort of laid out when we're doing our fitness testing that's like your your deceleration zone and all that kind of stuff so that's the protocol that is laid out and i guess this is where you know sports scientists and strength conditioning coaches were just a little bit weird we like to see cones set up and follow instructions so it's just part of the test that the uh, the danish gentleman yen yang's bangs bow designed it so it's there because it's the way it works you kind of you do your 20 meter shuttle and then you've got a five meter recovery time to yeah do exa- it and walk ex- back or jog back yeah e- exactly so uh, you've got continual movement so you literally come in into that deceleration zone go five meters come back in time for the next um set of three beeps so in that, in that period of time it's always standardized you've got 10 seconds between your 40 meter efforts because remember we're starting on a beep running 20 turning on a beep running another 20 so it's 40 meter efforts broken down into two 20 meter efforts of a turn if that makes sense so that actually feels from a refereeing perspective a bit more like what we what we do during a game it's a quick burst twice and then a recovery and then you just keep doing it exactly yeah you do so again like like with the the old school bleep test the yo-yo test those three beeps the the time delay between those beeps gets shorter and shorter so therefore you've got to run faster and faster so again it's a max effort test this is the big biggest difference between the bronco and the yo-yo is that the test really asks you to or sort of makes you in inverted commas work up to your max so it's a real max effort test so you can really see where your aerobic anaerobic ceiling point is and again like you've alluded to it's got some turns and also it's intermittent in nature which again makes it much more similar to the physiological demands placed on referees at any level when they referee so it really is when you talk to the guys in the irb uh, the sports scientists there, that is their sort of gold standard. That, that's really what, the, what they work off when they're looking at um, fitness testing their referees and also prescribing subsequent intensities and, tr- and, and programs to work on certain things. Because there's a lot of stuff that you can gain from a yo-yo test there from the speeds that you reach at the end to yeah you but you, you it also allows the person that's taking the test to see how you turn and how you accelerate and all there's lots of things that you can read into great stuff so so from an ease perspective the bronco is dead easy to do you can do it yeah. right now just go and find us a, a bit of find a rugby pitch somewhere we've got 20 yeah. 40, 60 meters you don't need anything apart from a stopwatch um so it's dead easy um obviously the yo-yo you'll need the actual test because it's timed and beeped and yeah. um, mm-hmm. we've actually got a download on the website and the fitness pages so you can head there if you want to download yeah um, the bleeps to listen to and of course you just need to map that out again so so two really good um tests that you can do to, to build up and, and kind of use it as your own benchmark i guess yeah and, and I, I guess it's sort of one thing because we we spoke about in the bronco in terms of times and levels do you want to sort of have a look at yeah go for it yeah so, so, yeah, yeah if that's all right because i because i think it sort of might help to your listeners there so again if, if we look at look at last time so we looked at like levels so in in terms of like again sort of your level eight your level nine you really want to be looking at around about that sort of 14.2 mark now when, when i'm saying those numbers there that's the the level and the interval number so again when you start when you when you listen to the download as you mentioned is available on on your website uh it all talk you through it It, the 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 beauty of the yo-yo test is that it coaches you through the whole thing it's proper 
machine learning stuff. It literally will take you through it. And I know all referees are super smart, so it's very, <laughs> it's very simple to to follow those instructions. So level eight or nine, you're looking at about fourteen point two. Moving on to sort of your level six, you're looking at a good sort of sixteen point one, and then. When, when you're sort of looking sort of that national level, you are really sort of pushing up into a sort of about 19.1. Cool. So that's, yeah. So once you get, once you get to the top end, uh, 19. And of course, uh, if, if anyone's trying to equate those numbers to what you might know from a bleep test, if you've ever done it, don't. Um, the bleep test starts at zero and builds up. Um, the yeah. yo-yo, I think you start, has a, a rogue, starts at level nine or something odd and then jumps up to 11 yeah exactly yeah the, really the, the, the bleep test system, starts off of walk the yo-yo test start comes in about 5k an hour um at, but it gets quick quickly yeah. so literally within a good sort of four or five minutes you'll know you're in a fitness test i, I think uh, i always struggled with the bleep from a psychological perspective because mm-hmm. you know you're at zero and now you've just got to keep going until you get to 10 and a half 11 and a half whatever it was the bleep test yeah, was and you just absolutely. know it's, it's never ending whereas actually with the yo-yo because the numbers are seemingly a bit random you can't get hooked up on that psychological issue no. that you've you're only at whatever it is and then you know that you're just going to keep going so and it's a it's a different approach to it but i know it's it's a some of it is is psychological uh, absolutely absolutely i you know uh, when it as soon as you mentioned the word test i, f- I think we're all the same sort of if anyone feels that they're under a test scenario, then then people get very nervous. And when the nerves kick in, you know, people can do some some funny old things. But yeah, you just got to go on the beat. Good stuff. Well, th- uh, that's really helpful, Ross. Thank you very much. And, t- and talking of funny things, um, let's um, head to food, if if I may. Yeah, no um, worries. So a, a question from a, a listener came in when I said we were going to have this conversation. So Adam, Adam said. Look, sat at my desk all the time the fridge is between me and the door um, do you have any advice um, how to manage <laughs> diet and nutrition well during these odd times have you got any advice how to manage that your diet i guess when activity levels have been reduced yeah first and foremost i guess i was throwing a quick disclaimer i'm not a nutritionist in any shape or form but over the years i've been very privileged to work with a number of good nutritionists so in terms of managing your, your, your sort of your diets for, for, for referees I've got a f- sort of a few things that have worked well definitely over the years and the, the simplest thing uh, I, I can say when it comes to trying to stay out of the fridge is that that's a hard that's a hard thing to do in this situation so really it's a case of just making sure first and foremost that your your fridge and your cupboards are not completely just chock a block with bad food so when i'm talking about bad foods is yeah lots of sweets lots of chocolate crisps etc because reality is is it's human nature that if if it's there and you see it uh you're probably going to eat it um so that that would be my main piece of advice i think to adam i think you said said um your listener's name was was, is making sure that the foods you have available and the snacks that are there are as healthy and nutritious as they can be. Um, yeah, don't get me wrong. You want to make sure you have some treats like once, twice, maybe even three times a week. But if you've got enough sort of fruits and yogurt, seeds and nuts and healthy foods there, then you're, then you're less like you're certainly less able to make those bad decisions. And it really, when it comes to, nutrition and diet again nutritionists that I've, I've worked with always advise on that sort of that 80 percent rule or 90 percent depending on who, who they are but it's making good decisions majority of the time you don't have to be an absolute saint it's not imperative that you know you follow you know everything strictly to the letter of the law so that seven days straight 365 days of the year you're eating perfectly because that's just not realistic mm. so if, if you're there there or about sort of good sort of six days a week you know you're 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 on it and you're eating a well balanced diet mixed in the exercise then yeah you you'll be in a good place and I guess it's the usual high sugary type stuff. Um, interestingly, I was um, I like dates, and obviously Christmas is coming, and and we're starting to get those sorts of things heading back to the shop. Um, when I was looking at the packet the other day, thinking this is better, this is better than the kids' mm-hmm. sweet cho- sweets and treats draw. Um, actually, yeah. the 
the sugar content in in those some of those fruits are pretty high. Does that does it matter? Is it is it good sugar as opposed to bad sugar? It's Can I have my day? Invert- yeah, <laughs> yeah. In in, in a vertical commas, it's better sugars. I mean, but at the same time, it's still sugar. So fruits made up predominantly of, of a sugar called fructose, and then our sort of our Haribos, etc., etc., tend to be made up of well a whole host of things, but glucose, sucrose, and the like. So your body doesn't really understand so much where what sort of sugar it is. So the response is fairly similar. And when I'm talking about that response, it's whenever your body senses a lot of sugar is in your bloodstream or is is it suddenly in your system then it will release something called insulin and insulin is basically there and it's released to remove that sugar very very quickly out of that bloodstream now that's that's a bad thing because again that that sugar is not being used up so again it could and it can cause the body to put on a little bit of weight and also it can also affect your your cognitive ability as well. So not only if we, if we step outside the world of refereeing, we're talking about just actually your ability to function on a day-to-day basis, making sure that you're not, your diet isn't primarily comprised of these very, as you said, high sugar containing foods. We'll really make sure you've got a slow carbohydrate or protein or fiber release into the bloodstream and then everything that sort of the body likes is placed to sort of homeostasis. It like it likes balance. So again, and, and all that can really feed in, in into your brain chemistry as well, and and really sort of help you at work, which again will lead into your your, your refereeing as well. Because when we start to move back into refereeing, it's, it's making sure that the the morning of a game is that you're you're really focusing in on things like your porridge and your muesli and the like those sort of low glycemic index or low sugared foods which will set you up for the rest of the day and then as you start to get with depending on sort of everyone responds differently but between sort of an hour to two hours before the game that's when you can start to have some more of those sugars to give you that extra kick that extra bit of sugar because if the sugar's in the bloodstream just before you exercise and then you start exercising then actually the body will go straight for that sugar because it's readily available good stuff so there's um there's lots of advice there obviously um but we do have uh, the festive period heading in our direction which is always bad for those of you with uh, um low levels of willpower mm-hmm. um i i guess it's about i guess we, we can look to that now and get ahead of the game and, and be good for a couple of months before that period, particularly when we're, uh, we're never going to be less, um, less mobile um, and things like that. So some good advice in there. Um, given that some of us are going to start to get back out, there's, there's different variations of the game that we might need some refereeing now in, in, in England, it's uh, ready for rugby. There are different variations of it around the world as people are getting back, back going again. Um, so it's important that we get back up to speed. Are there any particularly speed-based drills we could be doing to start of get ourselves out? It's easy to guess go for a run, which is a plod round the block at a particular pace. Um, how do we start to bring in some of those speed variants? Are there any good drills we should be thinking about? Yeah, I, I think you know. First and foremost, you know, you've made a, a, a good point. It, it is it is important that we prepare our bodies for these speed sessions and maybe a, a couple of plods plodding sessions should we say uh maybe two or three of those before you start these speed drills is a good place to be just to kind of get the body used to running again so when, when it com- comes comes to speeds what i like to advise people to do is really go from short to long what i mean by that is you're going to start off with some 30 meter sprints then you're going to work into your 60 meter sprints and then you might in the next session start to work into some 100 meter sprints if, if 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 that was necessary. So an example of a session, a good speed session to do to begin with, if we're just coming out of lockdown and this is the, the first sort of session you're going to do, is again if you have access to a rugby field, you could start off on the try line. You could sprint out to beyond maybe just to the the uh, the first 10 meter line you get to. And then have a walk back recovery to that try line again, wait a few more seconds and repeat that another five times. So it's start off on the try line, sprint, 
85, 90% effort, 30 meters ahead of you, walk back recovery, a couple more seconds extra rest, make sure you're nice and fresh, and then do it another five times. You've got six 30-meter efforts in total. Give yourself, depending on how you're feeling, between three and five minutes rest, and then repeat that again. And that's probably a good place to start for a speed session. Because the, the main thing and the conversations I'm having at the moment when it comes to, because the beauty of this situation we're in is that I'm able to work with people on what they would deem to be their physical weakness. It might be their aerobic endurance. It might be their speed. It might be their agility, you know, nutritional practices, whatever. So when I'm talking to referees about speed, it's making sure that they are fresh or as fresh as they can be for every single repetition. So you do your 30 meter effort and then you've got all that nice walk back recovery to let the muscles recover, get all the sort of energy systems back in place and then go again. Because one of the biggest mistakes I see referees make is that they're trying to do speed as they're calling it whilst fatigued. And you, it just the body just does not allow you to do that in a fatigued state. So we're looking at getting faster. We really make, need to make sure that we've got the relevant rest periods between the reps without going off on one too much. But I, I, I guess thinking that the, the converse of that from a if you, from a refereeing perspective is that obviously there are times in the game where you are fatigued and you need to go quickly. Yeah, absolutely, and yeah, de- definitely, and. The, the sort of the session that we look at there is something called repeated speed effort or repeated speed ability. And that's for those nightmare or chaotic periods in a game where someone's fly hacked the ball up one end, you've got a high tail up to the opposite 22, and then the fullback gathers, does you a massive favor, hoofs it down the other end. You've got, then got to run it back the other way. And then, so, and then basically you've got a bit of uh, rugby ball tennis going and you're having to run, in between the 22s so again in order to simulate that environment you would then go still keeping your 30 meter distances you would just reduce the rest periods between those efforts to sort of simulate those those particular periods of the game um yeah so you've got your your maximal speed or your sort of your acceleration stuff with lots of rest periods you've got your repeated speed stuff where you're doing similar sort of distances but just really bringing the the rest period down much much lower and then if you've got your aerobic based stuff which kind of underpin all of that which is like your 20 to 30 minute jogs should we say to make it simple and does any of this change for for those referees out there who are um at the adv- more advanced age group um, there are many uh, we've got some great um colleagues in the rugby referee community group on facebook who, who would say look i'm i started refereeing when i was 50 I'm I'm st- I'm still I'm good at t- I'm good ten years in uh, and those are just the young ones. Um, are there, are there any, is there anything we need that the older generation need to think more about or do less of? Well, I think you hit a nail on head. Like, I think you know think is def- definitely the main thing. And what I mean by that is that when when I'm certainly working with older athletes or o- older referees, it, it's having an understanding that le- less is more. And because the capacity for work might be less. Um, so it's, it's just being a little bit smarter with your training. So do a few less repetitions if it's speed work, because you might not need to do as much. But, but also making sure that your recovery practices in particular and your flexibility work, which we all know diminishes as we get out, particularly for guys, you know, again, sort of started off the podcast. It's, it's, it really is one of the most important things for staying on the field as a referee and staying in the refereeing game is to make sure you keep up your flexibility and mobility. So making sure you've got enough recovery and sort of rest days in between those training sessions that you've got there. So that would really be my simplest and sort of first uh, piece of advice to the elder statesman out there on, on, the, on this podcast is really plan your sessions think about what you're doing and think about what the end goal for that session is is it endurance is it speed and then just make sure you really focus on your recovery and then over time because it really doesn't matter how old you are you can still make fitness improvements it's just not as easy as it might have been when you're 20 
and you can do two or three sessions a day because that's the joys of being 20 and a little bit silly good stuff no, that's, that's useful for, for those of us i guess it's somewhere in the middle of those two 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 buckets and, um you said less <laughs> is more less which silly, is yeah. definitely music to my ears mm. um one of the we just touched it there really quickly um recovery um given yeah. that we, we might do these sessions and then spend the next 10 hours in bed and then the next eight hours sat on your backside at an office desk is there anything we can do to to help recovery i mean we i think we've talked in the past about skins is something i always liked the the sort of tight leggings to stick on afterwards because something about blood flow that's a thing um ice baths are they helpful not helpful where are we on all that yeah definitely I mean, there's plenty of things you can do but it, it does start off with the simplest and the basic stuff as always first and then you can do the more sort of sexy stuff thereafter so the first port of call so you've done your your repeated speed or whatever session you've done making sure that you get some good carbohydrates and a protein source on board it can be anything from good good sources of um some chocolate milk your zoo fridge all that kind of stuff or if, if you fancy it some sort of chicken salad sandwich is absolutely fine immediately post so making sure that you refuel the body first and foremost within an hour so some people are different some people like to eat and you know drink chocolate milk etc straight away if, if you're not having a chocolate milk then you also want to make sure that you are uh rehydrating first and foremost so again making sure you get at least sort of a good sort of 350 to 500 milliliters of fluids on board within that within that hour that's to replace so you replace the the body's carbohydrate stores with the food and then you replace the body's fluids and water in particular straight afterwards as well so that's the first port of call then you can start looking at things like for example if you've been involved in a game like you said you know one of the best and probably simplest pieces recovery pieces out there are, are your skins or your sort of compression garments because again, the mechanism by the way which the skin's compression pants work is they apply pressure across different gradients across the body, as in it's a bit more around the calves, a bit less uh, around the thighs. And then when it comes up to sort of your glutes and your butt cheeks, etc., it's a bit less again. So really just creating that sort of improved, what they call venous return or blood flow back to the heart to get rid of lactic acid and H plus ions and all that other stuff that kind of slows down that recovery process. Um, if, if you want to be really adventurous and go down the ice bath route, then um, yeah, give, give, <laughs> give, give it a go if you want to. Um, again, just fill up a, a, a bath with water, lukewarm water, chuck, chuck some ice in it and then submerge yourself in it up to up to your chest for three minutes and then and then get out um it's not a comfortable experience <laughs> having done it many times as a an academy player myself and also as a, a sport science student myself and so forth and seen many athletes and referees try it it's it's not for everyone so again take it with a pinch of salt with that but again the mechanism by which is reported for that to work. And again, the, the research is massively conflicting on the use of ice baths, but it, it's basically what it's doing is dropping the body's core muscle temperature down and thereby reducing any sort of swelling or inflammation that's taken place as a result of that session hmm. to basically speed up that sort of recovery process. Again, some people swear by it, but again, probably about 80% of people that I've said, let's get, you know, try this ice bath. They've gone, no thanks, coach. <laughs> I don't yes, want to I see have, you again. I have fond um, memories of being invited to the occasional ice bath at various rugby clubs. And it's, yes, it's something you, you do once. Exactly. You... You've got to do it once. You've got to know what you, yeah. So I would definitely say, you know, be, be careful about, again, if, if you've got any underlying, you know, cardiovascular issues or anything like that, 100% do not do it because it's a bit of a shock when you first get in. So we'll put that disclaimer in. So yeah, skins and ice baths are an option. And then really the the most important thing that you can really do after a good training session or a game is get some sleep. Mm -hmm. That is it's the, the cheapest recovery and the best recovery method that is out there. Now, again, I know a lot of people struggle with, with sleep, particularly working with some referees who might be refereeing late night games 
etc you know it, it can be hard so trying to find a way some people go for a hot bath before they go to sleep or might go down the homeopathic route or i don't know warm glass you know many, many different ways but trying to find a way that you can really nail down that good sort of seven to ten hours sleep after that big training session or big game and the reason being is it just put it just accelerates that recovery process so so quickly excellent well i, I guess the, the advice there is whatever you're doing whether it's just training or, or have a game do something to help yeah recovery. exactly um, yeah exactly there's, there's a bunch of different things you can go back and listen to some of those again if you, if you want to but don't don't do nothing i guess is that that's the worst thing you can do yeah absolutely Good stuff. Well, we've covered an awful lot of ground there, uh, Ross. Uh, really grateful for some of the advice that you've offered there. Um, is there anything that you think you want to bring to the attention of uh, listeners right now that we haven't covered? Wow. No, I, I think I probably, I mean, if they're still listening, I'll, I'll be impressed. Um, but no, no, there isn't. And I just, you know, I'm I think hopefully we're going to go through sort of contact details. And if there are any questions, obviously you're going to put some 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 notes for this podcast uh, out there. But if there are any questions, then yeah, feel free to get in contact with me. Great. And, and, and you've got um, a, a series of referee fitness. You've got a referee fitness package that you can offer to people um, at cost. You want to explain a little bit about what that's about? Yeah. So o- o- over sort of lockdown, again, we've all had the opportunity to work on a few things that we've been wanting to work on whether it's diy or whatever and one of the things i've put together is a a a 16 week referee specific fitness training program now again it doesn't have to be 16 weeks there's four four week blocks within it each of the four week block focus on a particular aspect of fitness whether it's like i said speed or endurance or agility you can just take out whatever it is you want to use there uh so again if anyone's interested in 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 something like that there's sessions that are pitch based or gym based there's yeah lots of information in there and also nutrition as well so if anyone's interested in that then feel free to get in contact with me via email uh rosshambry at gmail.com or again again i fall in and out of love of instagram but if you want to hit me up on rugby referee snc then uh that's me on instagram and yeah, we can have a conversation about it. Great stuff. Well, Ross, thank you very much for joining us on the podcast. There's some fantastic advice there. Um, do check out those uh, resources that Ross has got if you want to take your um, training to a, a higher level or any level. For those of you who haven't been doing anything for a while, even to get yourself back going, it might be worth uh, just giving it some thought. So, Ross, thanks very much for joining us. Absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Advantage Over podcast from RugbyReferee.net. We hope you've enjoyed the content that we brought to you this week. What we'd really appreciate is your likes, rates and reviews, wherever it is you found it, whether that's iTunes or Stitcher Radio or TuneIn. Please head over there and leave us a review. We really do appreciate those. Um, we'd also um, ask you to tell your referee colleagues, friends, community um, that about this podcast this is the only rugby referee podcast out there um, so we hope to get to more earbuds um, over time we'd also love your feedback um, and your suggestions and your comments so please let us have them um, you can either email us at ref at advantageoverpodcast.com um, or you can find us through the rugbyreferee.net website um, or through twitter at rugbyreferee.net which is the same handle you'll find on instagram as well we're in all those places so please do Let us know what you think, let us know what you want, um, and how we can help you become better referees in the future. So for now, that is Advantage Over.